Hey guys, this is Ona, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, just calling to say, please bring back that song. The nice little ditty that you guys had for a while. I think there's some asshole who called to say it was the stupidest song ever. Fuck him. Fuck him. It's the best song ever. Please bring it back. Love you guys. Bye. Oh yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast. Cause it's a very good podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lance Wackerly and D. Simon. They banter about how the week went for each of them. And then they segue into the stories and the fans vote, which is the sickest of the week. And then they do phone calls and emails. It's a funny, 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 funny show. Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful podcast. It's a miraculous podcast. It's like the best podcast in the whole wide, wide, wide world. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, E. Simon. I'm the other host. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? Um, I've had diarrhea tonight. That's a good start. It's not a good omen for the uh, for the show here. It's the beginning yeah. of the show, you're you're suffering from diarrhea. I'm not suffering. From what, it. What's going to happen? Not some here? kind of prima donna who thinks like <laughs> oh, I have the Hershey squirts. I can't go on. We can't do the show tonight. Yeah, but you're not like an IBS warrior like my sister. My sister's just like diarrhea. Who cares? <laughs> that's what that's what your sister just calls. BM, <laughs> normal BM. That's what my sister calls life. Yeah, I'm gonna be spending some quality time with my sister this uh, upcoming weekend. Actually, my my aunt Nancy died. My aunt Nancy, oh, she passed away a couple days ago. Was and, she uh, elderly? Yeah, she was old. She was like she she died when a per, when an old person's supposed to die. You're supposed to die in your late 80s, mid 80s. Like that's sure. when old people should die. You know, I don't think you should live to be 94. 95 that's an aberration it's weird well the world's oldest woman just died the last week or the week before and she was like 115 <laughs> she's fucking disgusting looking did you see her she looked like some kind of alien like of course you're disgusting looking i just, I, mean, I back in the dawn of man you know when we were like all of our biology was developed people lived to be like 20 yeah you're not you're not meant to live that long to stick around six times that long but it's also weird to die you know in your 60s well, yeah, nowadays, like, like yeah. my dad was in his, I think my dad was like 70, maybe. That's kind of young. Well, it's more normal for men to die a little younger, too. Than, than, than women, yeah. So, like, my aunt, you know, she was in the late 80s, so it's a good time. And, and, you know, the only thing, like, she was married to my Uncle Clarence for, I don't know, like 50-some-odd years. So, when he died, Clarence. yeah, when Clarence died a few years ago. Are your aunt and uncle black people? <laughs> <laughs> What dance is they're Jewish. It was, I think Clarence is Clarence was a, Jewish a big name. Jewish name. It is back in the day, yeah. Huh. Um, Clarence, I like I, Clarence should come back. You, I, I like the name personally, I know, but the hipsters are always bringing back the old names. Like, this is our daughter Myrtle, <laughs> but Clarence is a good one. I remember uh, Clarence used to Nancy used to call him Claire. Claire, which I always thought was kind of funny when I was a kid. Yeah, Clarence was like a tough, a tough Jewish guy. I remember and when Mickey I uh, I had a 
LeBray piercing, you know, that spike. Remember when I had that? Oh, yeah, he called you a faggot. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I remember when I saw him, he was just like, the fuck is that shit you got in your mouth? And I was like, it's called a LeBray piercing. It's a spike. And uh, When I was your age, I was running numbers down on the docks. <laughs> <laughs> but I just right. remember he looks at me, he was just like, so how do you kiss a girl with that thing? That's assuming you're still kissing girls. <laughs> I'm just like, all right. But the, the best thing about my Aunt Nancy and Uncle Clarence, though, is Nancy would say, like, because she was kind of like, you know, old Jewish lady, one of those, like a stereotypical, like, eat, eat, like when you'd see her. And, yeah. like, she and Clarence would bicker because they're married for so long. And you just bicker all the time. Like, right. it, it, it seemed like they're always at odds with each other. And so she would look at Clarence and be like, sit down, Clarence, sit down. <laughs> And he would look at her, he, and he would event like he'd get really mad, he'd, and he'd pick up his fist and be like, "I'll knock you one, I'll yeah. knock you one." And mm-hmm. then eventually he would sit down and shut up. But I remember just looking at him, just being like, "Oh, please, knock that bitch out." I would laugh my <laughs> You're on ass his side, off. or you just thought it was funny. How funny would that have been if my uncle Clarence just got up and just clocked that woman? I mean, you really want to see your elderly aunt hit in the face? No, they were in Domestic their sixties. They were probably in their sixties then okay dude it would have been great i mean it would have been i i it definitely would have been interesting instead of the eight hours of boredom that we had at their house serious domestic violence if you think that would be it just would have been unexpected just to see this old guy get up and just knock her out it would just it would never happen so you can joke about it (laughs) but he was a tough he was a tough guy she was a tough tough woman but so anyway you know she dies she dies I assume and, Clarence is already dead. Yeah, Clarence died years ago. But so uh, Nancy, like, you know, after her husband died, she had just no point in living anymore. So she just, I think all she wanted. Who am I going to bicker at, yell at? <laughs> you know, all she ever talked about was, uh, you know, soon I'll get to go see Clarence again. You drive by the cemetery, she's like, oh, that's where Clarence is. I'll be right next to him soon. I mean, that's all she ever talked about. She just wanted to be by Clarence. Yeah, creepy, morbid. Well, whatever. I mean, I can understand that. So, so now she gets, she gets I really to be can't. by Clarence. I really can't. Why? Have you ever spent like 60 years of your life with uh, someone else? Right. But I just, I guess not believing in the afterlife. (laughs) It's just weird to me. I think with with her, I mean, I I don't know if she thought she'd be in heaven with Murray. I think she was just like, I guess. Oh, just literally like my body will be be in the dirt. Yeah, because she would talk about the plot that she had buried right next to her. I get that then. Yeah. You're just like, you're resigned to it. I I, I think she just didn't want to live anymore. And which, which makes sense. I mean, I could see that. But yeah. anyway, like th- this is the one thing that, that gets me. So she dies and her funeral is on Monday. And so all of a sudden it's like her, you know, my cousins are calling me like, oh, you know, you're going to have to get out here. The funeral starts at 10. I'm like, Chicago's far from LA. And it's right. like three days away. And my sister, my sister is like, there's no question. My sister's like, oh, you're going, aren't you? And I was like, well, sure. I love my aunt, but... It's kind of expensive to get a ticket a couple of days away. Life is expensive. Well, my sister's like, well... That's why you need well, your rainy day fund. Get a bereavement fair. You can get a bereavement fair. Dude, those don't exist anymore. Yeah, I've heard about that, and I've never gotten one. Well, I think bereavement fairs existed in 1965 when right. flying used to be fun. You know, well, and it was a lot more expensive relative to people's salaries back then. Well, do you ever watch... You know, you watch Mad Men... And like Don Draper's wife lives in LA and Don Draper will just be like, you know, Friday in New York city at the office. It's just like, you know, tell the secretary, Hey, would you just book me a flight Pan Am to LA? I'm going to leave tonight at 10. I always thought that was highly implausible part of the show. 
Is that? But that's how it was back then. The fact that you get a flight right away, but I just, I'm just saying like, so Don Draper leaves New York city at like 6 PM after he gets out of work and then he gets to LA Friday, what at like 11 PM and he's got to change, man. I know, but still, (laughs) and then he's got to go bang her and he's there for one day and he's got to fly back. I mean, come on. I think you can do it. Can't you find a girlfriend who lives in New Jersey or something? She's hot. But uh, I think you uh, could do but, it back know, then. Trans now. transcontinental flight every weekend, hot? No. Oh, you wouldn't. You would not be able to do that now, because I mean, flying is just this hellish ordeal that you have to deal with, especially when you have to book a flight like two days in advance. So and all the security and you know, like Don was not going through the security line. He would just drive up to the airport and like walk onto his plane fifteen minutes later, still smoking a cigarette, and yeah, even walking to sitting to his seat and still smoking a cigarette. You know, right. sitting down in his seat smoking. It's yeah. amazing. That's a no, good point. Flying does not happen like that now. No. But anyway, I, I'm looking online. I'm going on there doing all the like Priceline orbits, cheap tickets, and all that. Cheapest fare I could find was nine hundred dollars. <laughs> so would you spend nine hundred bucks? To fly to Chicago for your aunt's funeral. Uh, well, you know, it's contextual, right? Because I, I don't have any aunts that I'm very close with. But you said you're kind of, she kind of like became your surrogate mom, you were saying, like when your mom oh, died. Yeah, she was close. You know, we were, she was really close to the family. So, yeah. <sighs> I mean, I think it's, there's definitely a difference there. So. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, if I was that close to somebody, I mean, I just think you have to do it. But then I think about it. It's like, okay, well, my dad died. None of my cousins even went to his funeral. So it's like, okay. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. But whatever. But you also have a great opportunity to, um, you know, rub it in their faces. How much of yeah, a better human being you are than them. Humble it's bragging. Like, uh, yeah, it's just really sad that you guys, you know, couldn't make it to my dad's funeral. But I'm just really glad. I'm really glad I could be here for you, though. You know, there's a funeral about three years ago uh, that happened here in Chicago. You know, but you, you, you know. knew it was happening, I'm sure. So yeah. I don't need to tell you, but this is much better than when my dad died because, you know, you have family here and you're not just here by yourself. You know, when my dad died, you only lived about 15 minutes away from the cemetery. But uh, I live about, I don't know, 600 miles away from the cemetery and I'm here to see your mom you know, yes. be buried. just want to let you know that. The significance yeah. of this event. Right. You're going to have a much better place in Jew heaven than these guys. <laughs> so, yeah. So, my sister and I are going out there. My brother does it. My brother's just like, well, you know, I haven't really worked that much this weekend. I just bought an iPad 2, an <laughs> iPad Air 2. So, uh, I can't. <laughs> Your brother has a lot of money, too. It's not like he bought an iPad 2 and he can't afford it. It's like, I bought an iPad 2. So, I want to be fucking around with that rather than being at a funeral downloading the new apps playing candy downloading Crush. porn you know that's the funny thing about my brother my brother when he buys something like an ipad air 2 jeff pay, pays in cash jeff doesn't have credit cards he has so much cash he just pays in cash he's like a drug dealer or a prostitute or both gigolo but yeah he he doesn't have enough cash to buy a ticket to go to his aunt's funeral mm. whatever He's yeah. awful when he travels anyway. So, yeah. So, me and my sister are going. And, in fact, I ended up getting a ticket for around $800. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I was kind of upset that I was paying 800 bucks, But then my, uh, my girlfriend came up to me. And so, it's my, gir- it's my girlfriend's birthday this weekend, too. So, I leave <laughs> to go on Sunday to go to Chicago. But Saturday, we're celebrating her birthday. But she comes up and she's like, on Sunday, she's like, my friends invited me to this, this 
in real life interactive game experience called The Basement. And she was like, we have tickets for it and we're going to go to this. So um, are you going to be here? And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be in Chicago. Wow, that sucks. What, what's the game all about? Well, what is this? And so she explained it to me. I couldn't even imagine why she would think I would want to go to this. Is this one of those things where it's like, uh, I, lo- I love how they call it in real life. IRL. <laughs> like, yeah, IRL. They're like, oh, it's like IRL Saw. It's like, the, really? That movie exactly where like, people is. get tortured horribly? That, you're going to do that in real life? Well, not in real life. It's make-believe. Oh, then don't say it's in real life. I think this, I think this thing, though, is more like puzzle-based. I don't think it's all, I don't think it's horror. Maybe. Oh. So I she's think, not going to have to like cut a key out of her friend's stomach or anything like that? I don't think there's gore and blood because she won't do the haunted house thing. Hmm. I mean, I guess she'll do like a Universal Studios, but she won't do like some of the really scary. Like in this city, they have really scary haunted houses. I love those things. I think they're like, where they're like really trying to make people shit their pants. <laughs> I love <laughs> well, that. They have one here. I think uh, Doogie Hauser is like one of the producers of it. Oh. It's like, yeah, it's in like some house somewhere in South Central. And you got to go down there and it's like you basically go in the room by yourself. And they shut off all the lights and you just have to wander around by yourself. Well, it's like existential like horror, you. just about how your life is meaningless. You're just in a dark room wandering around, can't find the exit. I mean, I don't mind the ones where it's like a maze you just kind of follow and then people are trying to scare you. It's like, eh, it's kind of fun. But yeah. this, this, this is the is next like, level. Yeah, this is the next level of annoyance. But so she brought it up to me, and the reason she was she was gonna go is because her friends are like, oh, it's her birthday, and I guess some of her friends are actors. Because she knows a lot of actors, and I think when actors aren't acting, like in TV, and they're not catering a party somewhere, or catering <laughs> a party, or they, they can't get a, a a waitress job. They end up having to just take like these random jobs, like a Universal Studios or a host of like a tour or this, working at like the basement. You know, you you read this, it sounds like the premise actually sounds kind of cool, but I know I would hate it. I hate shit like this. Well, why don't you read the premise? All right, here it is. So it's located in Silmar, California, which is the valley. It's called The Basement. It's set in a dark, dingy underground lair in an abandoned home in Donetsk, Ukraine. All right, well, that, that sounds scary. <laughs> um, it gives participants a chance to experience the feeling of being trapped in an authentic horror movie scenario. So the story is Edward is a mentally ill serial killer with a taste for human flesh. He's kidnapped you and 11 other tourists. He's placed bags over your head and led you into his temporary home in the unfinished bottom floor of an abandoned Russian residence. It's reminiscent of the uh, of Saw. He's reminiscent of Saw. Or Hostel. Of, of right? Jigsaw. Um, he's created a series of difficult puzzles, puzzles and clues you must solve in order to find freedom once again. It's like, yeah, there's like all these like clues left around the room and puzzles and dim lighting and startling events and like actors jump out and scare you while you try to solve these puzzles. And you only have 45 minutes to do it before you I was going to say, is there a time window or is it just like, well, as soon as you can escape and you're in there three days later, like I can't figure out the Sudoku. I would, I suck at these games anyway. Is there a safe word? There's a panic, (laughs) there's a panic button. Which, uh, which you can press. I guess you can press the panic button and the game's just done. But there's 11 of you, right? And I assume everybody paid for it. So what if one person is freaking out and they just end it for everyone? Yeah, there's no refund given. I'd You're like, you, you hit the panic button. I would totally do something like that. That could be funny. 
to hit the panic button and waste everybody's money and just be like oh sorry i bet yeah could you imagine imagine the ride home it's like you're such a dick it's like my they'd be like your boyfriend's a cock i'd be like you owe me a lot of money now (laughs) because it's gotta be like a hundred bucks right Nah, it's like 40 bucks a piece but yeah i think they're getting uh i think they're getting like half off or something because people work there this reminds me of something else i hate is uh those themed parties like the um you know the mystery party i guess they call it was that like clue where you go to like it's a, clue like solve but a it, murder yeah you get there and everybody gets assigned an identity and you're supposed to figure out who the like no <laughs> no <laughs> you, you know what that is to me that's just like you're an adult who just has too much time on your hands like you guys just don't drink enough like that's what you should be doing at your party just get drunk fall down break things Discuss philosophy. Discuss philosophy. <laughs> Listen to podcasts. But it's just, I don't get it. It's like, why why do you need to do this? It's the same with Cards Against Humanity. Like, I don't need this. Like, I can people actually find communicate them enter- with Some people find them entertaining is why it's done, I guess. But I just don't. And there's other stuff, too. Like, uh, I know a guy at Rummy work. Cub? <laughs> yeah. A guy at work was telling me that um, he's been like, he met this girl on Tinder they've hung out a couple of times. He already hooked up with her too, like twice. But anyway, now she wants to hang out during the day because she wants to see him during the day, not at nine o'clock when he's not wasted is what that's code for. Essentially. So it's just not a drunk hookup, but, um, what she wants to do. And he was asking me, he's like, what would you do? She wants to go on this like all day scavenger hunt in silver Lake with like, it's a big group of people and you all start out and you have to look for clues all over town. I see you're driving around since LA. No, I, I, I don't cars. know. I mean, I'm sure you probably have to drive all and like they've set up clues all over. I hate shit like that. I won't do that. I won't do it. Well, it's the same type of thing, really, when you get down to it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, number one, at least the basement, you're inside. You're not just wandering around <laughs> in the sunlight. Serial killer's ch- torture chamber, much better than being in the sun. I'd rather do that than having to like run around and look for clues. But the thing is with that, it's like, I looked at the guy and like, all the clues are in this nice confined area for me. I looked at the guy and I was like, so you've already had sex with her, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, then I wouldn't do it. I was like, unless you, I mean, want to have a relationship. Cause that's what it is. It's like, if you want to like, if you just started dating this girl, you have no choice. You have to engage in this type of activity. But like at this point in my relationship with my girlfriend, dating a year and a half, I don't have to do it. Yeah, there's like a window of time, really. Like, like you, because before she has to do this, this person you're talking about is just a drunken hookup. Obviously, there's no scavenger hunting there, unless you're talking about like where your condoms are, <laughs> <laughs> trying to pull the tampon out of her pussy before you fuck her. Um, but but then yeah then there's like well maybe I do kind of like her so now I have to impress her that's when you have to do the scavenger hunt type shit but then once you once you have the relationship on lockdown you're like fuck no I'm not doing that or <laughs> call your friend or you have to like be genuinely interested in her life and her friends so it's like oh I want you to meet all my friends it's the first time you're meeting so you have to be like oh cool what are we gonna do oh it's a scavenger hunt that we're doing throughout the city it's like. <laughs> great awesome (laughs) this situation like if i was here this weekend my aunt did not die my aunt nancy if she didn't die and i didn't have to go to chicago i would have had to do this because it's her birthday yeah that and the birthday is then the other window of time where you have to do this stupid stuff 
And I, you know, they wouldn't even want me there. I would have been so annoying. So what would be better? Um, <laughs> you know what so this is like for bros is uh, paintball. You ever have people are like, <laughs> dude, like some guy you don't really know, but he's like, you talk to him at work. Hey, man, I want you to meet some of my friends. We're going to go paintballing. Like, no. <laughs> Somebody's going to shoot a fucking paint capsule at my face. No. I work with a couple guys that are on a paintball league. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And these guys are in their 30s. Oh, yeah. No, it's ageless. There's definitely, you know, that, that appeals to a wide range of dudes. But do you think they get all like Ramboed out, like with camo on and. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Of course. You want to win, right? You got to like blend into the environment. You know, and then sometimes you're, you're maybe you're, I guess it's just like with a girl, right? Maybe you're drunk. You're like, get, you got a little bit too drunk after work and having drinks with the office dudes. And like, yeah, I'll totally do that. And then somehow you like actually get signed up for it. And then you're just like, okay. how And then that morning, like, cause it's on a Sunday or something. You're just get your eyes open in bed right when you get up and you're like, what the, what the fuck nothing did I you sign would, up for? You'd rather like go have a root canal. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> fucking go play paintball or the worst is you sign up for something like this and then like one of your bosses sees a list and is like oh i didn't know you played <laughs> and you're just like uh yeah god now i have to and then you have to like actually feign enthusiasm like i i'm bad at doing team sports in general or team activities right i just you know i just don't work well with others like that in fact i don't like leaving my house during the day and i will you know, leave my house at night if it involves alcohol. I wonder if some people, I wonder if the paintball bros, uh, are like that when we're like, uh, do you want to come out? We're going to get super, we're going to go drink like, you know, 12 beers and like six shots. You want to come do that with me and my friends? I wonder if that's how they see that. Like, Oh man, I don't want to get all fucked up and barf. But you know what though? You bring up an interesting point. Like these type of activities, are for sober people. Like, I always wondered, like, what do sober people do at night? And, and like, like foreign people, like Asian guys. Like, you know, they, you know, they don't drink that much because they have that Some Asian gene. Some Asians <laughs> do. I work with an Asian guy that drinks like a fish. But I think there are a lot of Asian guys that can't, just can't drink. There so are they're some, sober. Yes. You know, and they got that, that Asian gene thing. Yeah, I don't know what they do. Makes them red. So I was always wondering, like, what do they do? They hang out at yogurt land. Or they go and do, like, scavenger hunts. Like, that's what sober people do. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Magic the Gathering, case in point. So, um, I know, uh, like, my girlfriend's friends are kind of nerdy. They're into that cosplay thing. There you They're go. into dressing up and sword fighting Renaissance Fair. So, this is definitely something in their wheelhouse. And uh, it sounds like something I'd be interested in, which is probably why she brought it up. She's like, oh, it's like a, based on the movie Saw. And you go, and you go, it's like... Okay, the movie Saw is fine. I like the movie Hostel as well. It's great. Do I want to be trapped in a room and solve puzzles with a bunch of assholes? Nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> what if you? What if you like? Okay, I'll go. But then you just you know you don't you don't have any input into solving the puzzle, and you're just you know texting the whole time in the corner of the torture room. They take your phones away. Oh fuck! That. You would just be sitting there. Yeah, I, I don't know. Looking, I'm, just staring straight ahead like putty on an airplane from Seinfeld. <laughs> you want to help solve the puzzle? No, I'm good. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what would happen? There'd be one, one dickhead in the group that's like, I'm going to take charge of the group, and I'm going to make all the decisions. 
And then you got to like kind of just go around, go along with them. Or do you have to alpha male it up uh, to impress your girlfriend? Be like, actually, I'm going to make decisions. <laughs> trying to like one up him. And then that, then that's how they pull you in. I just don't care though. That's the thing. It's like, and I, I don't get scared. Like when they try to reach out and touch you or grab you, like when the actors try to scare you, I'm just kind of like, Jesus, you sound like a child who's been groomed. I don't care when he touches me. It's no, fine. I'm saying. I'm totally desensitized You're supposed to, to like, it's a dark room and you go in the corner to go get the clue. And then an actor wearing like a black Zentai suit jumps out and grabs you. You're mm. supposed to get startled. Well, like, would you just get annoyed? Yeah, I guess. I, don't I mean, know. I, I, I just don't get into that scary. Type of stuff. <laughs> so the, these games, this escape game genre, it's not. This isn't the only one. The basements. What if you like? One. What if something like that happens? Like a guy in a black uniform, you know, pops out of the corner and tries to grab you, and you just like Clock jack him? him in the face. You know, I, I'm sure that's happened. You're so startled. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm totally sure. I bet you that's happened. Hmm. Um. This escape room thing, like, there's a there's a few different events. I'm sure there's some in San Francisco that are even gayer. They should do one, you know, like in the Holocaust Museum. <laughs> like, I would go to that. You've been thrown in a train car and you're naked. <laughs> a bunch of other old, malnourished, gross Jews. <laughs> and you got to get out of the concentration. I would totally <laughs> be into that. Now, that's actually, you know, I should start a scavenger hunt just in the concentration, in the, uh, the uh, tolerance, Museum of Tolerance. Yeah. You're like... Find one string of spaghetti so you can eat and live for another day. <laughs> Starvation camp rations. I should just make a scavenger hunt like at the dive bar up the street. Sort through this giant pile of teeth and find the gold ones <laughs> so you can give it to the Nazi commander and he'll let you live. So this genre of IRL escape games are all based on those point and click computer games. Remember Which from I the love, 90s? Yeah, Mist. You, you, you like didn't even remember shit. Mist. I, I, I never it. played it. I like almost every genre of video game, uh, barring maybe like the sports games I never got into. But what what do you do in Mist? Oh, you have to find the puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is here's the difference. I am hungover as fuck and I can't even talk. And it's like a Sunday morning and I'm playing this in my underwear, you know, hold up in my apartment with a big uh you know alka seltzer i'm not out with a group of friends like doing a, a team activity and when i want to like close the game window and like go to the browser window and jack off i do that i guess the uh the basement and these other games of that of that kind here it's like a live version where you have to physically search the environment for items and clues that can help you escape well, when you put it like that, I might like it if it was like Mist or uh, there's a one on your there's one on iPhones now called uh, the Room. It's actually called the Room, which sounds all like the basement. The Room, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. There's a Room Wait. and there's the Room too. I mean, you know, I played that. I played yeah, that good. for like a total of ten minutes. Oh, you didn't like it? No, there's no. <laughs> you're not killing anything. No, you're not killing anything. You're just sitting there like, oh, here's the there's a key. Where's the key? Oh, it's on top of the wardrobe. Well, it's and like Lamarchand's device. What is, I don't know, is that don't another know game? what that is. <laughs> it's from Hellraiser. Oh, that's what the, the little uh, box is called. I actually I read know. the book. I'm actually, I, Hipster I, I glasses, am wiggle. Wackily, I am impressed with that. I didn't yeah. even know the name of it, just the, that cube. Yeah, the book. It's actually a uh, novella, I guess it would say, because it's only like 100 pages long. It's called The Hellbound Hearts, kid. 
I guess if Pinhead was in the basement, that would be kind of cool. Well, you'd be there, Pin Dick. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> hey. Hey. I was gonna say. Oh, never, I oh. never mind. Um, I w- yeah. If I if Clive Barker designed one, I'd do that. I would do something like that. Because that guy's yeah, twisted. If, if it's like Clive Barker, or, I'd even do it if Eli Roth designed it. It could be kind of interesting. Stephen King. Stephen King, cool. sit in a box while I d- tediously describe like a diner for fucking 20 pages <laughs> kill it without killing yourself. That's Stephen King for you. Dean Kuntz. I never Did read you, any of his. Never, some of his stuff is all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I would do like a Shining type of thing. Like it, that would be kind of cool. Something based on The Shining. <laughs> Your girlfriend just gets really annoying and you try and beat her head in with a baseball bat. <laughs> no, I'm saying if you're in like some creepy hotel yeah, and sure. you have to, you know, I, I, I could see something like that. Something more horror themed. It's just, it's the puzzles and I guess it's the teamwork and it's me being hung over and just not wanting to deal with it. That's, that's the main thing. And I would have been forced to. But, um, you know, as luck, as luck would have it, my aunt dies. And I guess, you you know, it's funny because you think about it, you're like, you know, it sucks that I have to pay $750 to fly all the way to Chicago for one day to go attend a funeral. Right. But I get out of having to do a team, teamwork, team activity, solving puzzles for your girlfriend's birthday. Your beloved aunt had to die and it cost you $700, but you got out of it. Success. You you always have to look at the bright side of death, you know? Yeah, (laughs) you do. Anyway, I'm sure our fans are like, you guys are fucking lame. There's so many cool in real life game interactive experiences that you guys just, because you're too cool, that you miss out on. Well, whatever. Possibly. <laughs> Eat a dick. <laughs> I think our, our fans are the demo for that. <laughs> you think they can get 11 friends together? I don't think they have 11 friends. And we don't count because we live in your iPod. <laughs> anyway, people, this is episode uh, 478 here, Sick and Wrong. Uh, quick recap of the way the show works. Uh, Wacker and I present the most disturbing news items of the week here on the show. You send them to us, and we'll read your stories. If we give you credit, we'll send you a sick-around care package. I do have some care packages i got to send out. I know I've been behind, been late. On the I've CPs. been busy. So uh, I plan to send those out this week. People, you can send your stories to com. Submit them via Facebook or Twitter. Before we get to our first story, here's a word from our sponsor. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So the first story we got in here uh, came in from Derek. Derek didn't even say anything. just sent the story in. Hmm. Thug, trying to have sex in ambulance. Punch paramedic preparing to take 92-year-old to the hospital. Thug. That's pretty much the entire story. Is that the code term for black people that a lot of uh, American right-wing people use now? It's interesting that you say that, because this, sh- this story occurred in the UK. Oh, so it's not. So I think thug there just... Uh, is, thug is just another word. Ne'er it's a synonym for, for chav. 
Asbo. Asbo. This is definitely an Asbo here. Yeah. Definitely an Asbo. Um, a teenager repeatedly punched a paramedic after the crew caught him about to have sex with a girl in the back of an ambulance that was preparing to take a poorly 92-year-old man to the hospital. Good timing there. Um, apparently, what happened, uh, the, an ambulance crew went to the home of a 92-year-old pensioner who was suffering chest pains, about to have a heart attack. One of the crew opened the back doors of the ambulance to take the carry chair out, the gurney, before going back inside the pensioner's home. And I guess they leave the doors open, which is, I guess, what they do. It's protocol. Well, speed is of the essence when you have somebody in an emergent health about situation. A, yeah, about to have a heart attack. But in the few minutes that the crew were carrying the pensioner out of his home, uh, young uh, Kyle Hargreaves here and a girl, an unnamed girl, sneaked <laughs> inside the probably. back of the ambulance to have intercourse. Um... When the uh, paramedics ended up uh, bringing the pensioner, wheeling the pensioner out in the gurney, ready to shove him into the back of the ambulance, they found Hargreaves with this girl on top of him, going at it. Oh, she's on top, huh? Yep. Sex in public. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, that's why they had to get inside the ambulance. ambulance. Well, the doors are open, but I, I guess they shut the doors. But still <laughs> in a public place. It's daring. <laughs> it's you know, the, these, these kids here are sexual opportunists. Adventure seekers. Adventure seekers, yeah. I never understood the whole public sex thing. Have you ever been with a girl that was into that? What are the parameters? Like having sex on a plane or... What know, about like when you're in the forest, like in a campfire, and she's like, let's go over here and fuck behind this tree? Nah, that's different though, because that's okay, still relatively no. concealed. I'm saying like, you know, getting a hand job in the back of the bus. No. Because I wouldn't allow it. I'd be like, get your fucking hands off me in in public. I don't get that either. I, you know, I've been with uh, several girls that are just like, I think girls are more into the into it than guys. Guys will do it because I mean, well, first of all, girls (laughs) girls look a lot better than dudes. I think is part of the problem. No, but I think girls get like caught up in like, you know, we might get caught. This is the naughtiness of it. It's It's the naughtiness. It's like. um the fantasy, you know, they, they, yeah, they might get caught. It's like, I think that's what they, when you the other aspect is a lot of time when you're dating a girl, they always want you to like, like, I love it when I'm like trying to, I don't know, role play or choke them out. What I was going to say is like, I love it when I'm like doing my taxes and you just come up and we have sex (laughs) or, you know, you fuck me. That's like the worst role playing ever. Are you trying to be an accountant? No, no, but I'm saying, like, they want you to, like, just force it. See, this is going to be taken the wrong way. Okay, Mr. Fifty Shades of Grey. No, but they do. They like it. Whereas guys, they might think that when they're, like, uh, you know, fantasizing about having sex with Suzanne Summers or something, that she just comes up and just starts fucking you. But if you're actually in a relationship, guys are like, get off me. I'm trying to play video games. Get your hand off my cock. Like, when I'm horny, I'll come and let you know. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like, with, with us, it's like... It's basically, you know, you're in bed, you got a boner, you're poking at her buttock right. until her finally rump. she's like, all right, just stick it in. That's fine. That's <laughs> sexy to me. <laughs> it's this whole, like, we got to play, we got to be, you know, quick and have this wild sexual thrill on the they back put of a this lot more, bus. Yeah, yeah, what I was trying to say there was that they put a lot, girls put a lot more uh, stock in the whole, um, now I can't think of a word, the word. Ris- I'm risky sexual behavior. Like you make risky caught, sexual behavior. Thrill. And, uh, the, um, uh, I, I don't, I'm having a brain fart, but 
I know what you're talking about. Immediacy, we, whatever. Spontaneity. Spontaneity. That's what spontaneous sex. Yeah, that's what they want. Where guys just get annoyed by it. Like, <laughs> I have my plan. Now I drink my beer. Now I watch my football. We have sex later on tonight when we're both in bed in our pajamas. <laughs> I mean, I'll get a spontaneous boner. And if there's a girl around that I'm having, you know, intercourse with on a regular basis, sweet. Yeah, hop on. That'd be great. Sure. You know, but uh, yeah, I don't need some elaborate role playing to get off. I mean, I'm sure some guys are into that. I just, I don't get it. But th- this, is a, this is case in point. I'm thinking these were two drunken shafts. You know, they're only like 18 years old. So I'm Here's my, pro- Here's my problem drunk. with it. <laughs> if you're an Asbo, you know, a ne'er-do-well, a thug, a chav, and you see an open ambulance, don't go in there and fuck. <laughs> get the morphine. Yeah, that, that's what I'm surprised. He, they must have been really wasted. Right. Maybe you know what probably happened. They, the, he probably was like, let's go in there and get the morphine. And then when they're in there, she shut the door and like, let's get naughty. He's like, all right. Yeah. All right. I mean, my, on. my advice is yeah, get the, get the narcotics out of the, uh, the ambulance and then go fucking like a bread truck or something. Like who, who gives a shit about the bread? Or go find a, like a parked car. It's late at night. I mean, back just, of a garbage can. In a dumpster, like a hobo. <laughs> yeah, you guys are trash. Everybody knows it. So uh, the paramedic opens the door, found her lying on top of them. They're kissing each other, going at it, not actually having sex, but about to have sex. Huh. And the paramedic looks at him and goes, what are you doing? You know, you got to get out of the ambulance. We have a, a guy having a heart attack. And so what, what's, what, is the, what does the kid say? A normal person, like your reaction would be like, oh my God, I'm so, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. And just run away. Just run away. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does this guy do? He looks at the, uh, the paramedic and goes, what's your problem, mate? We're just trying to have sex. Sex. Like that, he gets mad at the guy and he stood up and became abusive and threatening to the entire crew and the old man who's dying of, a, you know, who's having a heart attack. Right. On the, uh, the gurney. Well, these people are reverting to animalistic behavior where it's just like a show of plumage, like, you know, barking at, at something that's threatening them. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. No, this, this is absolutely senseless. And I mean, maybe it's because the guy was so wasted that he didn't know what he was doing. I'd like to think it's just, uh, he's just uneducated. <laughs> um, he Did the punched, old man make it? He punched the paramedic in the face three times. Oh, and, really? Um, Got aggro with him. Yeah, then he was being protected by, that guy was being protected by an ambulance technician and the patient's son had to pull this uh, 18-year-old Asbo off of the uh, paramedic. Meanwhile, the old guy's like, let me get a look at that titty. (laughs) Might be the last one I ever see. (laughs) The panic button on the cruise radios were used to alert the police and and who arrived about 50 minutes later. Um but the crew, like the crew, held Hargreaves down, this Asbo, and held him for the police to arrive. Meanwhile, the girl who was with the Asbo bit the ambulance technician on his hand. Ugh. He's probably gonna get hep or something. No, yeah, got me classy bird. This this uh, chav. What's a female chav called? A chavette. I'm not sure. Slag. <laughs> um. So the crew restrained him until police arrived, and uh, then they had to restrain the girl as well. I would have loved to hear the profanity that was being uttered during this altercation. Um, he'd be, he began spitting on the other ambulance technicians. Um, the judge branded his, uh, his behavior here disgusting and uncivilized. Gave him two years and eight months. Wow. Which is uh, rather severe. 
I guess they're cracking for, down over there. Well, he's a repeat offender. Oh. So um, I could see that. Uh, the pensioner ended up uh, going to the hospital but didn't suffer any serious effects from being caught up in the uh, violent incident. Uh, there was a slight delay, but they got him there. He was fine. No heart attack. Yeah, when was the last time you heard of somebody dying of a heart attack? That's like a joke, right? People do. When was the last time you heard of it? Um, I'm trying you're to think a lot, you're a lot of people having heart attacks, but they always seem to be like, yeah, he had a heart attack. He's he's doing pretty doing pretty good now, though. I think it's rare when you have like a, just a massive coronary just keel over. I think it's usually what happens. You're like, ah, my heart hurts. I'm having chest pains, and they rush you to the hospital. And probably if no one like if no one came to your aid, you probably would die. Right. I think it used to be a lot worse. I just think that medicine is a lot better now. They react. I think the ambulance comes by quicker. I'm not sure. Like those automatic, uh, those AEDs you see everywhere. Those, you know, do-it-yourself defibrillator things. But this guy's 92 years old. You know, he probably has a... Might as well be dead. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he has a sore stomach. He thinks it's a heart attack. A a little bit of heartburn. He's got upset stomach. He's like, I'm dying. Yeah. You know, calls the... I'm sure the ambulance goes there all the time. Uh, the technician who was bitten on the hand had to have a series of injections. Probably got a tetanus shot from that rabid slag. Could you imagine that? Like having to, like, you have a scar from being bitten by, by this British snaggle teeth. <laughs> <laughs> probably would look like some kind of, like, wild animal. Yeah. Um, she probably has meth mouth also. And who knows what's growing in there? Gangrene, I'm sure. Just all kinds of science experiments. Both crew members returned to work the following day for their shifts, a sign of their professionalism and dedication to return to their work. They took no extra sickness time. What the fuck is wrong with these guys? Man, they, I mean, could they're you imagine, dedicated. Yeah, but could you imagine if one of your coworkers like, was having sex in the closet and you walked in, then they attacked you and bit your hand? Wouldn't you take like the week off? <laughs> My coworker or just some random person? Because these chavs weren't their coworkers. Coworker right, brings guess, a whole no, new okay. aspect into it. Let's like, say you're let's say you're out with your coworkers and some homeless guy somewhere. attacked you or threw feces on you or something. Yeah, I'd be I'd be taking some personal days for sure. Yeah, why not? You're probably they're probably it's paid leave. It's not like you're taking your you know personal time off. Maybe is that a is that a good made up excuse? <laughs> like the whole like, oh, I got a flat tire. You know, you know, sometimes you just lie about that. Yeah, I always do. I always lie um, about car trouble. Yeah, because you just say like. This weird homeless guy like attacked, bit me. My, attacked me on the way into work. I had to get a rabies shot. Yeah. I was bitten by this homeless guy. I don't think that's such a good thing. Because they're going to be like, where's the police report? I would have acted, though, in this situation, like if I was a paramedic or a technician here on this crew, I would have been like, I'm still in shock. First of all, I'd be like, I'm going to prescribe myself uh, a bunch of Percocet for the <laughs> <laughs> like About 60. I'm going to need some... Uh, some uh, Vicodin and uh, some Klonopin and uh, yeah, probably about a week off. Yeah. Some uh, bullet bourbon. <laughs> some <laughs> bourbon with that too. <laughs> but yeah, there you go, people. Sex in public, not a good idea, especially in like a, in an ambulance. There's so many other cars you could have. There's so many other places you could have sex in if you had to. Right. You have to have the experience that thrill. Your own apartment is <laughs> a good one to start with. It is. I mean, how often have you ever actually encountered someone doing that? <sighs> okay, parameters once again. <laughs> There's a guy jerking off on the stoop of my old apartment when I came out broad daylight one time. 
That's disgusting. I was like, oh, that's a good thing to see on my way to work. Some fucking grown-ass man jerking off. I don't think that guy's doing it for the thrill of getting caught. <clears throat> I don't think he's doing it for the thrill of getting caught. I think that guy's just lazy. It's the only place he has. Yeah, or he's homeless. I don't think I've ever caught somebody having sex in public. I saw what looked like a tranny hooker blowing someone on the bus one time. <laughs> in Chicago or No, San in San Francisco. Nice. And that no one did anything about it. Yeah, the bus drivers don't give a fuck. No, nope. keep, everybody keep else is kind of was like sitting there reading, you know, listening to their iPad, yeah. you know, reading a paper, not even caring. It's gross. Kind of smells like Badassi, though. <laughs> oh, it smells disgusting. <laughs> anyway, what do you have here for the second story? This one should be right up your alley, D. It's a tale of tattoos. Tattoos. I yeah. have quite a lot of experience in the tattoo world. This would probably horrify you because this is uh, about bad tattoos. Ooh, bad tattoos. In New Zealand, which is neither here nor there. Uh, it was said in by a listener. says, is this how D got all of his shit tattoos, hmm. Teddy? No, I don't think your tattoos are shit. Well, thank you, Rack. I appreciate that. Teddy, you can fuck off. Don't make it sound gay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't think my, like, that's the thing with my tattoos. You know, I think anybody that gets tattooed, especially when you start out getting tattooed for like, you know, I started out like 20 years ago. You think about like, if I had skin again, I would do this now. Like some other style that looks cool. I don't regret my tattoos. I think they look all right. They might be, uh, because back in like the 90s, black work kind of exploded, tribal. So I could see how it, it might be slightly dated. But I, I don't have like the cheesy tribal that happened. Like most of my stuff was like research and design. So I, don't, right. I wouldn't say you didn't I just go in and pick something off the wall, like the, the tribal uh, or not even tribal, like but like the, black, or like the black armband of, of barbed wire. T- I'm sure some of our listeners have this tattoo. Look, I have a Mickey's B tattoo on my <laughs> shoulder, so I'm not above you all. Trust me. Remember the, uh, you remember my first tattoo that got covered up? The one that was like that black. It was like a sun tribal. or something like that? No, it was like a... Spiral? Yeah, it was, it was kind of like this spiral. It was a Peruvian demon, but it was also kind of tribal. It was black. And it was like a serpent. And it was coiled. Oh, yes. And I remember I got this tattoo done. I probably even told this story here on the podcast before, but I got this tattoo done. It's my first tattoo. It's like 1994, maybe 95. I think I was like 18 or 19. Yeah. And, I, and I had like sat on that for a year. Look, I love the design. When I got it done in Ypsilanti, go to, to go to Chicago to see my brother. And my brother's roommate at this time was a super gay dude. And, he, and uh, my brother's like, What's, let me see your tattoo. So I showed the tattoo. And it was big. It was like on my left shoulder blade. And the uh, dude was like, oh my God, I love it. It's so phallic. <laughs> and I was like, phallic? And I looked at it, my brother's dying. He's like, well, you have a big black cock on your back. And I looked at it. And I just never thought about it. Like, I just never looked at it that way. So I guess the moral of the story is, people, um, you should have other people look at your tattoo and get some input. Eh. I think You can so. overthink the shit. You can. If you're going I mean, to think about it that much, like, don't bother. Yeah, but had I shown it to my brother and he was like, wow, that looks like a big black cock. It's making me hard. I probably wouldn't get the tattoo. It's kind of like a dude who's like a middle class dude, but then he goes out and buys like, uh, I don't know, a Porsche or a Ferrari or something. 
but that you know he's just a middle class dude but now he has a ferrari and like he's just all he ever thinks about is the ferrari and like oh i don't i can't park it there somebody (laughs) might ding it with a shopping cart or like i don't don't, want can't put it over there because some uh you know 'er ne'er-do-wells might key it and it's just like probably shouldn't have a ferrari dude it's like consuming too much of your life and don't i think be feel obsessive. the same way. don't be obsessive right. about it i'm saying like maybe a couple people whose opinion you trust sure just be like hey what do you think of my tattoo and if they say it looks like a big black penis then maybe don't get it unless that's right up your alley <laughs> or unless it's what you want looks like a big pack black penis perfect you know my brother because i had that tattoo for a few years before i finally got it covered over with that back piece but my brother every time i'd see him would be like Hey, uh, D, why don't you show that tattoo? How's that big black cock on your back? And then there's friends who'd be like, oh, I want to see. And then they'd all start laughing. Oh, my God, it looks like a big black penis. Yeah, it was great. I really appreciated my brother then. Is that when you explain to them, like, it's symbolic significance to you in your life? And No, I would be like, it's a Peruvian demon, actually. And I did right. research, and I had this anthropology class when I was a freshman in college. Right. And then they'd just be like... they just tune out immediately. All they're thinking about is black cock. Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. Uh, well, there Where you go. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> this is a tale of... Uh, so what? how old were you when you got that tattoo? I think 18, I was like 19? 19, probably 20. This is about a couple 24 year olds in uh, New Zealand. Josh Darnbro is 24, and Rob Gaskell is also 24. Uh, and Josh, on a New Year's Eve party this past year, he passed out, <laughs> as you do when you're a 24 year old Kiwi man, red blooded Kiwi man. Drink a few too many Fosters. I don't know if they drink Fosters in New Zealand. Well, it's technically part of Australia, so I'm sure they. You're do. right. Yeah, they probably just tr- put it, send it over on the train, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the tugboat. <laughs> he passed out, and his friend Rob Gaskell uh, took a DIY tattoo kit. Is that a big uh, thing over here? I I know a few people that have like tattoo kits that aren't like real ta- like you know a tattoo artist like my tattoo artist has several guns professional guns joe kelly right. has a professional tattoo gun but then there's people that have like it's, it's it's not a gun it's just like a tattoo kit but i've never heard because i've heard of people just doing it with like a you know heated up pen, pen and a in a bic but that's not this is something they it's bought like at the tattoo. store no but it's you know what it is you don't spend 300 400 on that tattoo gun instead you just get the hundred dollar tattoo kit it's kind of like a it's kind of like a tattoo gun because i mean it's got like tattoos. a manual crank on it or something i think it's like it's sort of like a a smaller version of a real tattoo gun but i know a couple people that have them a sleazy uh, has a friend down here that like we've been drunk at his house and like he'll just do a little doodle on sleazy's arm huh yeah, he's got a. I call that bad tattoos. Those well, then, bad tattoos. well, then there's, but then there's also the people. Uh, some people that are into the tribal tattooing, they they really want like the authentic, like they're whacking you with that stick with all the spikes on it. That you know, that's funny because like so, all of my tattoos are Bornean style, like from a specific tribe of Bornean. And the reason I got that is like a girlfriend of mine worked at the Field Museum, and like that's when I started encountering. It. I'm like, ah, oh, it's cool. I like it. And so it's, it's purely just decorative. And I got into the style and that's what, and I kept the theme going, which I think is a good idea if you get tattooed. But 
hear, hear that people out there, young kids, if you're starting to get tattoos, if you, you know, if you really want that Care Bear, <laughs> stick with the all theme. Care Bears. Just get all the other Care Bears. Maybe one leg My Little Pony, but the rest all Care Bears. It's kind of still the same theme at that Keep point. symmetry. But yeah. anyway, like when people start getting into the tribal thing, they start going overboard. Like the guys that get their next tattoo and they're like, I'm going to get like a real Ebon style tattoo with the, uh, the, That's the stick. Yeah. Like the uh, the tattoo, I forget the, it's called like a, I forget the name of the stick. It's like a, this moco stick or whatever the fuck it's called. And right. they, they go to fucking Borneo or they go to like a shop where they do this traditional Borneo style tattoo. Yeah, if you're a guy, you're a tattoo guy and you specialize in that, you're probably making a lot of money, right? Because you're like at a very niche specialty, you know, skill. Kind of, but everyone I know who's ever done that has gone over to Borneo or somewhere in Indonesia and got that style of tattoo. It yeah. looks like shit and it gets infected. Like all of them, every single guy. Like uh, Kessler got one of those at his, a shop down here. He got it done on his leg. Horrible infection. Had to get the whole thing redone. Huh? Not so a good it actually, idea. It actually fucks the tattoo up. It's not just like, oh, well, it's all swollen for a little while, and then the infection goes. No, it away. just doesn't heal properly because it's huh. like it's more like just I mean, a big scab at that it point. It scabbed and had patches, and it just yeah, he had to get the whole thing redone. Well, Everyone I know who's ever got that done. Oh, I've I guess I better change my plans then. <laughs> He's going to have a big SW on my butt cheek in the, in the Bornean style. Remember that guy that got the Lance tattoo on his ass? Yes. That was pretty amazing. Whatever. I figured out the mystery of that. At least I think I have conjecture. I have conjecture of the mystery of it. Wait, he wasn't doing any tribute to you? No, he was getting some sort of bigger piece that had a big black area and he just... Like, oh, just write Lance oh, on there and tattoo ink and then, and then immediately, you know, then fill it in with black and then it'll be funny. You know, there's at least one fan out there that's got a tattoo of your face on his ass. But like just a really horrible rendering <laughs> of it. Those are always the best, right? Just I would bad, love that. Bad portraiture in tattoo <laughs> media. Well, these guys, <laughs> this guy, Rob Gaskell, 24, his buddy, Josh Danbro, darn bro, 24, passed out and Rob tattooed on his back using the DIY kit. Text, which is another tattoo thing we go on a tangent about, right? Everybody, everybody now gets text written stuff. This is like big block letters though. It says, if found face down, call an ambulance. Like he tattooed that across his back? Yeah, big block letters. I guess it could be worse. <laughs> you got to be really drunk though to have somebody tattoo like a giant phrase on your back and you don't wake up yeah that guy probably drank like 10 fosters big can at that point they probably should call an ambulance <laughs> like dude i just i'm tattooing his back and he's totally still not moving maybe we should call, call <laughs> medics <laughs> yeah is there a pulse get some but, smelling salts up in this but it bitch. could have been worse i mean what if he drew like a big cock and balls on his back yeah, that or, would be worse. Or like, you know, a, an arrow pointing down, being like, insert dick here, or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of other things you could have written that would have been way worse. Right. So you think that Rob's like a big asshole at this point, right? Like, what a shitty friend. Yeah, friends like that who needs enemas. However, <laughs> this was only... Josh woke up and he only realized he had a tattoo after he looked in the mirror the following day. Yeah, sure. I mean, wasn't he like, oh, my back is really sore. Because <laughs> like, isn't, your arm, isn't your arm or whatever sore for like a couple days after you get a tattoo? It, it feels like a really like bad sunburn. Yeah, you're like popping uh, ibuprofens or whatever, right? Yeah, it's painful. Uh, but this was only 
the whole reason this happened was just revenge for a tattoo that Josh did on Rob's leg two years ago. You know what they say about revenge? It's a dish best served, served cold. cold. Yeah. What fucking assholes these guys are? Why would they be friends? Well, this is what maids do, right? You know. Well, let me tell you about let me tell you about bro. the tattoo, and then we'll get into that. Uh, the uh, the first tattoo from two years ago, starting off with a design for a lizard that went wrong, <laughs> which I just. <laughs> Well, let me let me finish this statement. Josh tried to turn it into a cross, then some hands and a gun, leading to one almighty permanent mess on Rob's leg. That caused, caused him to go bonkers, is what the article says. He just went bonkers when he saw it. But I like that he actually tried to, like, you know, your friends passed out drunk. You're like, oh, I'm going to tattoo his leg, mate. But then you're like, well, what is Rob like? He's into lizards. I'm going to do that. But you're like, oh, that's not a very good lizard. He's also into the Lord. Trying to turn in like, you know, just do a cock. Just start with a, just do like the shitty doodle of a cock that everybody does. At least this guy's thoughtful though. Because I know right. like back in college, if I passed out and you had a tattoo gun, you guarantee you would have drawn like a cock and balls on my back or something. One of our friends for sure would have done that. Right. I mean, not that, on the face, though. We not on gone the, to the face, face, but you probably would have, like, I could see, a, I can name a couple, I'm not going to, but because they probably were listening to the show, but there are a couple guys that we lived with at that that house with nine guys, one girl, 930 Packard. Yeah. There's a, I can see two dudes in that place that probably would have pulled your pants down and tattooed a cock and balls on your ass. <laughs> yeah, I know who you'd refer to that. But like a comic book style willy, not just like a real anatomically correct cock and balls. <laughs> yeah, like- like hey dude i'm really pissed that you uh tattooed a cock and balls on my ass but man that's like a really good medical illustration of a cock and balls <laughs> i have to commend you on the it's really lifelike comical. representation i mean the stippling the shading <laughs> amazing yeah that's if you have friends with artistic talent yeah. our friends so at least you did just, a good job our friends that would look like you they just did it with like uh, a fucking pencil piece right. of paper um so this most recent, uh, you know, prank tattoo, which is, I guess, what these are. Your friend passes out drunk and you prank him. Uh, took 30 minutes, <laughs> which seems like a long time when somebody's uh, giving you an unwanted tattoo. But then, as you know, if you're actually getting a tattoo that you want and the guy only takes 30 minutes, you're like, oh, I made a huge mistake. Well, it depends on what you're getting. Sure. But, uh, but the thing is with this, though, how much did this guy Was he drinking, like, the Sizzurp? Like it doesn't. Yeah, I know. Lean. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this he guy was, really was passed out, out cold. It doesn't say what they were drinking. But uh, you know what? They're still friends. And they still see each other every day. <laughs> That's like when you're 24 and you have like guy friends. Like we see each other every day, and people are like, "Are you in a gay relationship?" <laughs> you're like, "No, we just hang out at the bar every day." When you're 24, it's like normal, I guess. But but you know what though? That what's going to end up happening? One of them's going to meet a bird, and the other guy's going to be like, "You never come around anymore." Right. That's exactly it's like what you, you get like a divorce with your friend. But then the bird will, will, you know, betray him somehow and then he'll dump her and then they'll hang out every day again. I just, I, I don't really get this whole like bro camaraderie where they're like, you got me. You got me with another permanent scar on my back. It's like, what? Dude. I mean, you, you don't, you, you get, I mean, you just don't get the level that they've taken it to, but you know, you definitely oh, no, get I, like, I'm a prankster. Putting I would, a, yeah, putting like a rotten, you know, boiled rutabaga in somebody's pillowcase. Oh, no, I totally fully understand that. I'm, I'm a, definitely a prankster, but I'm not a prankster that permanently scars somebody. What we, 
and I actually never did this. I wasn't even a, cause usually I'm the drunkest person is why <laughs> yes, I don't do this, but a bunch of the people I used to hang out with in college, they would do the, uh, permanent Sharpie marker, like on the face. That's happened to me a few times, which is definitely going to be there. Like, you know, if you pass out Friday or Saturday night and somebody, you know, draws a big cock or big, like coiled up poo on your forehead, you know, no matter how hard you scrub, that's still, there's still going to be traces of it on Monday when you have to go to your job or class or whatever. But it's not a tattoo. Right. Eventually it will scrub off. I mean, I would have been like, as soon as my friend was drunk, I was like, look what I got in the mail. I'd be like, dude, I'm not drinking around you. Well, these were never, and the people who had this done to them were never people like, oh, I hate this motherfucker and I hope he never comes over again. It was like, ha ha. Got you. This is so funny. I'm going to tape this and put it on YouTube. No, this is, that's, that's scary. These are the same type of guys that probably would teabag you and take a picture of it. Yeah. There's always the dudes who just are, you're kind of like, uh, well, that's a little kind of gay. I don't know because I want to be involved with this. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like I, I was helpless and I was passed out and you put your ball, your balls touched my like cheek. Or even it's if you're, gay. even if you're like the bystander, you know, like friend A and friend B, like friend B passes out and you're there and friend A is like, check this out. And you're like, okay, uh, dude. take my picture, dude. Okay. I'm going to be <laughs> showing this to you tomorrow. Yeah. Remember when you put your balls in Frank's mouth? And actually look at this picture. You've actually got the tip in there. <laughs> and the you fuck? look like you're hard. Right. <laughs> you're clearly hard. <laughs> Now you're jacking off all over his face. <laughs> Remember telling me to take this picture? Delete that. No, I'm not deleting it. No, I think I'm going to send this to your mom. <laughs> um, I would have been like, you know, in, in that situation, someone's going to like teabag or hang brain or whatever like that. I, I would have been like, dude, that's kind of gross, but whatever. But if, he, if you were like, I'm going to tattoo a dick on his back, I would have been like, dude, what are you doing? Right. If it was a friend it's of mine, far. I would have been like, what, what are you doing? Seriously, Fucking that's pussy. not cool. What do you care? I've just been like, that's just not cool. So your gay boyfriend? <laughs> you you were me, telling me, and I don't know if this you. is a lot, if, if you want this to come out, but you were telling me somebody in the group of your high school group or was like shoving a pool cue up some dude's asshole. He was passed out. Yeah, no, I'm, I, you know, I remember hearing about this the next day in school. Apparently they were like, you know how like back in Michigan in high school, you, they would go up to like Tawas, like one of those Northern Tawas, towns. Yeah. Or, or uh, there's a bunch of just like they all have like Native American names like Tawas right. or Owasso right. or whatever. Oscoda. Oscoda. And they would go up to those towns to someone's cabin and have a drunk weekend. I did not go on this particular weekend. But I remember when they came back, everyone was like laughing about it. And there's this kid, I don't want to say his name, but no, obviously I, apparently not. he got so wasted that they shoved a pool cue in his ass. And I remember they were talking about it and laughing. And the kid was even like, yeah, those guys are such a dicks. Uh, and I remember Kessler and I were saying, they're like, did you totally rape that dude? And they're <laughs> yeah, like, what do sexually you mean? brutalized. And he's like, what do you mean? No, we weren't. I was like, uh, yeah, you did. You sodomized him with a pool cue. Yeah, like the NYPD did this to somebody. Like all those guys are fucking fired. And it was but national I, news. You know, they were, but they, I mean, keep in mind, these kids were like 17. I, I just don't think they got it. But I remember looking at like, I'm never passing out around you guys ever. Like if that's how you, uh, you know, have fun. 
The problem with these stories too, though, is sometimes they turn into the old, uh, you know, some girl at high school is, broke off a frozen hot dog in her pussy and had to go to the emergency room. Exactly. It's like that happened at every single high school. Come on. I mean, it's, I think it's probably exaggerated, but this group of guys, I wouldn't be surprised. I, uh, one of my friends in high school, he, you know, parents were divorced because that was our that was our era when everybody's parents were divorced, and uh, his mom was dating this guy who was just kind of a do nothing, useless dude. Uh, we used to think he was great though because he buys beer, but he and this guy who was obviously you know at the time forty years old, and we were all eighteen, but we we'd hang, we'd go over to his place, like I said, because he'd let us drink beer. Uh, But he still had his group of friends, you know, that we thought was perfectly normal that a 40-year-old dude had, like, (laughs) a big group of, like, five dudes who came over every day and got fucking super wasted and didn't have jobs. Like Hank Hill. Well, they all had jobs, though. I mean, Hank Hill, they they stand in the back alley and they're, like, you know, drinking their one or two beers a day. I mean, these people are getting fucked up. Um, And what I heard these guys did is when people would pass out, they would take a piece of uh, or sorry, not a piece, a pair of pliers and like pull the dude's fingernails out. <laughs> Which like, you know, rape is one thing, but this is like, wow, you're like totally fucking medieval torturing that dude. But did, they do, did they do shit like that to like Vietnam, like prisoners of war, like John McCain? Right. Yeah. And his fingernails ripped out. That's just, why? Yeah, why would you drink with them? I I guess the lesson is just don't, you know, don't pass out or you're a pussy and we're going to teach you a lesson. That's the impression I got back at the time. People, why don't you call in and uh, let us know the stories of how you've been fucked with when you passed out drinking amongst your quote-unquote friends. Right. Scary. Your your sister, I only ever get fucked with by your sister, and she just takes photos of me where I look like a complete asshole, like passed out with my glasses all fucked up. Or she'll put something on your head. Right. It's innocuous. It's not like she's like carving a pentagram in your back. No. But... But anyway, I, I want to hear this. Yeah, call in your stories here, people. This could be a, an interesting bit. Um, so what happened here? Did the guy, is now is it just going to be like brinksmanship, like one-upping each other? No, they're actually both visiting a, uh, I guess they must have national health in uh, New Zealand. I would suspect they do. Uh, and I don't know if this is covered, but they're both at the uh, laser uh, tattoo removal lady. Her name's Maria Patricia. And uh, she says, we're not against tattoos here at all, but DIY ones can lead to problems. <laughs> okay, lady. I, I can imagine that these it's two... It's a gold mine for her. I can imagine these two geniuses are just going to get some other shitty tattoos in the in place of the one that they get removed. Probably a big I can should, of Fosters. I should buy one of those tattoo removal things. Just set up shop like next to the... Ta- There's like three or four tattoo places right near my house. A lot of uh, uh, tattoo shops actually do both. Yeah. Do you have to have like, I guess, you know, I guess if that's true, then you don't have to have like some kind of a medical degree. No, you can just be a tattoo artist. Get it done. Tattoo removal artist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, people send your story. Stick around podcast at uh, hotmail.com. Got a few phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is the number. Before we get to our first phone call, here's another word from our sponsor. What do you do? When you're at a family reunion or Thanksgiving, you got a raging boner that won't go away and you're considering fucking your grandmother. You go to Adam and Eve, of course, and you buy a jerk-off sleeve, you know, a dildo, uh, 
pocket pussy, something of that nature. So you can go in the bathroom and just take care of that raging boner before you have to bend over your grandma at the table and just fuck her. So go to adamandeve.com and type in the code diddle. That's what grandpa used to do to your dad. Talk to you later. Bye. So we got a few phone calls to get to. Um, the second wrong hotline. This first one is a great call because you probably have heard of this story. You probably read about this story in the news. And it's, it never, it just, it always impresses me when we have a listener that, um, that was part of a, of a current news story. Hey guys, uh, this is uh, Carpet Twine. Uh, I got a little bit of a celebrity story here I think you guys might be interested in. Uh, so Marilyn Manson was playing in my town last night. You know, oh, I did a countless this. fat fuck that he is. <laughs> is he um, still fat? I thought he slimmed down. He slimmed down a bit, but uh, have you seen him? He just kind of looks like... He, he's not as fat as he was, but he still kind of <laughs> has that triple chin thing going on. Actually, now that I think about it, he, he was a character in like the last season of uh, Sons of Anarchy. I don't know if I told you that. I know you stopped watching it. So, um, In every scene, he was uh, he was in prison, and but in every scene, he was sitting at this table. <laughs> so you like, couldn't see his big gut. Are you, but I mean, you could tell by his face, so he's got that like, triple chin thing going. Looks like a bloated corpse. True, but a lot of people, uh, you know, men of a certain age, our age, sometimes you just get a fat head, even though if you're not fat. Yeah, but he's got, I remember uh, I saw him opening up for, or Slayer actually, opening up for him at, um, Ugh, a few years a ago. I know, I, I, I couldn't believe it, but he comes on stage and we're just like, whoa, dude, he must have gained 60 pounds. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, he's uh, I imagine he was probably eating a, several Grand Slam breakfasts. And uh, as much as I don't like Marilyn Manson, I do like Denny's. So uh, we decided to do a late night Denny's run, and sure shit, Denny's there's Marilyn run. Manson um, at the Denny's. I guess he's got to keep his uh, girlish figure. So we're sitting there. You know, I really don't care, just trying to ignore him and, you know, not get eaten by him. And uh, his order comes out, and he gets into a bit of an altercation with the uh, waitress because his toast is burnt. You know, that the the least, you know, innocuous thing, you know, possible. As if it, as if it's like the waitress didn't fulfill his band writer. You know, it's like, sorry, we didn't get your chocolate truffles. I'm and actually really surprised that he's at Denny's. Yeah. I mean, he know, still is legitimately a famous like rock star, right? Yeah, but, you know, I guess it, in LA it's different. Like LA, like, you know, you'll see just I, I maybe it's like rock or like celebrities trying to be like normal people. So you'll okay. see them at diners. Well, there's the Every notorious, there's that rock and roll Ralph's, which is a grocery store chain. There's one in what neighborhood is that? I don't even know. The one I see, I always see, Where you can always see like Lita Ford or one of the remaining. Ramones. That's up on sunset, but like, yeah. uh, you always see, like I see Andy Milanakis and my Ralph's all the time. <laughs> well, you just see, see, but that guy is like a D lister. Well, you, totally. Marilyn I mean, Manson is still pretty much legitimately A-list, I would say. I, I don't want to say A-list, but he's definitely like a famous a famous rocker. But the, the thing is, though, I bet you this guy was leaving whatever, Marilyn Manson's leaving whatever uh, town he's in, and probably the only thing open is a Denny's. But yeah, is, I guess you're right. 
It does kind of surprise me that uh, well, what I find funny he's about complaining it, about the toast. I, I just love this guy, this caller. It's just like, oh, Marilyn Manson's over there. Who cares? Like, who would impress you? Like Nickelback? Like <laughs> no, but I get what he's saying. I mean, even even if it was your favorite, maybe even more so if it was like your favorite rock and roller, you don't want to like fuck with him. You, you like you're not you know like I know I'm not some hot you know twenty year old girl. If I was, maybe then I'd go talk to him because he, maybe you could legitimately want to talk to me. But like I'm just like a thirty five year old doof. Of course he doesn't want to talk to me. So you're you're ignoring him out of courtesy. The other day, I saw uh, me and me and my girlfriend were over at the uh, diner, this one on one cafe. It's up by the it's up on Franklin. You always see celebrities there, but sitting um, two booths in front of us was Precious eating breakfast, and I was like, I got Gabby Siduru or Sidobe or yeah, she's big. Doing. She's a big girl. Of course, she's big. <laughs> That's why she's famous. But you're you're supposed to though, like the the attitude you're supposed to have in L.A. The sentiment is like, oh. I'm, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that there's a 300 pound famous actress sitting right next to me. I just don't notice her at all. So you're supposed to act really nonchalant. So it's funny that this guy's kind of doing that. I think he, what, this guy. So what? So if you were out in Hollywood and uh, like, what star would you go up to and be like, "Hey, dude, I just I know you probably hate this, but you're my biggest fan." Carrot top. <laughs> He's in Vegas, dude. <laughs> Everybody knows he lives in Vegas. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I saw like Bob Odenkirk or Bobcat Goldthwait or someone like that in front of me, I'd be like, hey, man, it's pretty cool. I was on a flight and I saw Chelsea Peretti. She was standing in front of me. Huh. And I, you know, I was just like, oh, hey. You know, I'm I got to meet Joel Hodgson, but it was more That's like. That's cool. But it was a situation where it was an event and like he was there for people to be like to come up and say hi. So it wasn't like I saw him at the post office. For the most part, though, they don't want to be bothered. No. You know, and, wants and to be bothered. I can understand this guy's like, I don't Nobody like wants to his... be bothered except for the freaks like Ron Jeremy. Well, yeah. <laughs> he loves Because well, he wants you to come up and take a picture so you can feel your titty. But like this guy, he's like, I don't care about his music. I just want my Denny's. Right. Um, you know, they could just make him more toast. But no, he decided to make a big deal about it. Called the waitress a bitch. Um did not realize that the waitress's boyfriend was sitting at the next table. Waitress's <laughs> boyfriend stands up, punches him in the face, and books it. And uh, I got to tell you, it was just <laughs> cathartic. So I thought you'd appreciate that. Anyways, keep it sick. Keep it wrong. See, earlier you were talking about how great, quote unquote, it would be if your your, your beloved old <laughs> senior citizen aunt was hit in the face by your uncle. And I had a problem with that, but I would love to see Marilyn Manson get punched get in the face. I don't even out. have a lot of animosity see, towards him, but just like it'd be funny to see a famous person who's acting like a dick get punched or, by oh, somebody. Could dude. you imagine how great that would be? It would be really great. And I don't blame the dude just for being like, I got to get out of here. I just, I just, knocked, oh, yeah, yeah. I just knocked Marilyn Manson out. I don't blame out. for hitting, her, hitting him either. You know? Call oh, my just fucking your girlfriend, girl, a bitch. girlfriend who's just working and doing her fucking job a bitch because you're some fucking prima donna <laughs> eating at Denny's like at every, all its other assholes. Fuck you. This guy should have uh, busted out his iPhone and taped that shit though. Because remember when Glenn Danzig. Oh, I'm sure it happened so fast. Well, remember but, when right. Glenn Danzig got like knocked out by uh, that one band that opened like, up. In backstage. Yeah, yeah backstage. And like that video was viral. Like went out, everyone's talking about it. It would have been great to see Marilyn Manson get punched in the face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because of a piece of toast. What a dick. That cracks me up. I actually, I actually have a hard time believing the toast was even burnt. 
One thing Denny's is good at, I mean, there's thousands of them across the country and everywhere, every one you ever eat at, like it tastes exactly like all the others. They're like very good at uniformity. But the thing is though, yeah, that that's true. But the thing is you bitch about it. Like Denny's is the type of place where you're like, my toast is burnt. This sucks. Send it back. And you, you're an asshole, the waitress, you're disrespectful. Next thing you know, that's the type of place where they fucking you know, puke on your fucking food or wipe a booger on your food and give it back right. to you. Yeah. It's like, that's happens at places. Like, it happens at places like Denny's or Waffle House. Yeah. So be respectful. Be courteous. You know, how, how much money do you think this waitress made that night compared to Marilyn Manson? <laughs> I mean, compared to 0.00001%. Yeah. So funny. Anyway, thanks for calling that in. That's a great story. Uh, here's a second call. Trucker Paul. But she's eating it some Denny's before. I can't <laughs> believe do you think I would show my children porn. <laughs> That's against the law. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. You know, if you started following me on Instagram, maybe you'd realize this shit. All right. Au revoir. French oh. kiss my nuts. <laughs> that was a French kiss my variation. nuts. I wonder yeah. if he's been taking some uh, trucking routes through Quebec. What do you think uh, Trucker Paul's Instagram looks like? I wonder what I his don't know, handle but I, is. I actually have to go on Instagram now and subscribe. Uh, I'm going to go, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go on Instagram and try to find his handle. You think it's just at Trucker Paul? Yeah. That was uh, your cue to say that, um, to complain that I didn't go on Instagram to follow you, but Trucker Paul, I did. And then we would have bantered about it, but you didn't take the bait. I, I, I missed the cue there. But you know what, dude? You're a dick. How come you, <laughs> you... I can't believe you don't even... You don't even have an Instagram account, A, to promote the show, B, and you don't even follow me. I think I do have an Instagram account, and I do think I do follow you, but I think I, the last time I opened that app was like, you know, two years ago. I got, uh, I got kind of fancy with my social media. So what I do is I post to Instagram, and it posts all the other ones, so I don't have to do the other ones. <laughs> So it's kind of, you can make like a chain. It's a one-stop shop. Yeah, you just post a one and then it just uh, populates the others, the other feeds. Yeah. Not to get too uh, social network guru-y, but I noticed that you have a, so you have an Instagram for your cat. And then, but I then do. when you post something for your cat, it cross posts it to Twitter, but it posts it with your name. So it's something like, oh, I learned to poo in the toilet today. D. Simon. <laughs> it's a little you know, bit weird. Might want to take care of that. I, uh, a while ago, my girlfriend's like, you got to start one for Hecubus. So I started an Instagram for Hecubus. It's really difficult to keep up two Instagrams. Because <laughs> you got to keep logging out and logging back. It's, it's just a pain in the ass. And Instagram is even more of a pain in the ass because you can't log in and post pictures from like your desktop computer. You got to have a device. Right. So it's like, fuck it. We're I just, uh, mobile centric. I just fuck gave up. I, I can't keep up with it. First of all, it's, it's gay to have an Instagram for your pet. But gay. whatever, I don't, I don't care because I thought it was kind of fun. It's you not know? gay. It's just pathetic. It, it's sad. It really <laughs> is. Sad. And I fully acknowledge that. But I, you know, it's crazy. I bet you my cat has more followers than you do on Instagram. Oh, I'm sure of that. But anyway, I, you know, I was doing it more and it was fine. To look at. But it's just, I, I don't know. I, haven't, I, should, I should post a picture for the cat. I need to do that. Thanks for reminding me about that, Waggerly. Yeah, get on the ball. <laughs> but I want to go, I want to find out now, gen, I genuinely am interested to find out what uh, Trucker Paul's Instagram is. Uh, and, not showing porn to his kid, I guess. I would, do you think it's all pictures from the road or just pictures of the Walmart bags filled with shit? 
I know he's uh, big into bi- bicycling. It's probably some pictures of his bicycle rides. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I bet you there's some I mean, we picture of Trucker Paul as being this big, fat, like, gross trucker, but from what I understand, he actually, like, does, like, 100-mile rides on his on his road bike. I bet you there's a couple pictures of Flatso's. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going on now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you wait, you don't think that Trucker Paul has a cache of porn magazines and his kid sees, his kids find the porn? I don't know. It's hard to say from the tone of his voice whether he was being facetious or not. I think he's being facetious, but mm. uh, what kind of porn do you think he has? Big jugs porn. I guarantee. Guarantees big jugs. <laughs> I, I see that. I, Trucker Paul seems like a titty man to me. Anyway, um, I'm finding out your Instagram, Trucker Paul. I plan to follow you. Uh, here's the last call. D. Lance, what's going on? I got a sick and wrong story for you. Gonna hit the timer. Three minutes. Go. Okay, so my girlfriend works at a, a facility, um, it's basically a halfway house for homeless people that, uh, you know, are mostly drug addicts and, and people that are heavily medicated, but, you know, you can't just hand them a bottle of pills and say, you know, take two of these every four hours because they'll just eat the whole bottle and check themselves into the emergency room. And so they end up... Like, what do you do with those people? Like, the families don't want to deal with it. You put them in the halfway house. God, can you think of something more depressing than that to work at a place like that? Uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say, but just it's weird to me that, and I know people that do this kind of stuff that, you know, that's, and they love their job and it's just like, wow, you just deal with the dregs of society every day, huh? Are they cool? And the people are always like, no, they actually cool? they're big, huge assholes. Yeah, I could imagine. That's why they're homeless people because they can't get along with people. But I love or, it. Or they're like mentally unstable or right. they're just so bitter that they can't do drugs. Yeah. Today he tried to stab me with a pen in the neck. It was crazy. I, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine working in that environment. <laughs> at this facility um, where she, that she works at, she's a social worker, but she's also in school part time. And this particular day she had a huge exam coming up, um, which she was not prepared for. And she had to work. Um, she does like 12 and a half hour shifts and it's total bullshit. So she's at work and one of these crazy bitches. How much money do you think she makes? I'd have to know what city she lives in. 20 bucks an hour. I would say 16 bucks an hour. That's what I was going to wager. And she works 12 hour days. Well, this this woman's compassionate. Like she's doing this because she genuinely cares about the, the welfare of these people. And top of the, on top of the money gives her a good sense of pride. It always blows my mind that there's people like this. I have no conscience, so I don't need pride. <laughs> I know. I was about to say, it's like, <laughs> she, she just makes me realize how much of an evil person I really am. Yeah. Downstairs, um, someone who she'd actually never met before, she just checked in, and she says, uh, I got this um, guy in my room, my friend's in my room, and I can't get him to leave. Um, I need you to come up here and help me, you know, help me wake him up, help me get him to leave. And so, of course, my girlfriend's like, fuck, you know, this sort of thing happens all the time where they, they bring their homeless friends in, they do drugs or whatever the fuck they do, you know, fuck each other. It's disgusting. And uh, so she has to go up there and play retard bouncer. And uh, she gets <laughs> That's up there. That's a sensitive term. <laughs> retard bouncer. That's not going to be the name of my next band. She's retard probably bouncer. like, she probably weighs like 100 pounds, right? 
Yeah, but you never know the guy that's in there is probably like some big fat crackhead. That's what I'm saying. They yeah, need like a one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like giant orderly, you know, power, you know a, pair, a pair of them to come along and like, you know, back her up. She but I can you get... tell where this story's going. She doesn't have that. No, it just sounds like she's going to have to go walk upstairs and, and try to wake this fat crackhead up. God, right. that sucks. Can you imagine how bad that place must smell? Terrible. Uh, well, it's got that sort of disinfectant uh, institution smell, which is also just, you know, vomit-inducing. Yeah, that's already unsettling. But then, I mean, you think about it, these guys are going through, like, uh, the DTs and withdrawals. They're, like, puking. They're shitting. Pissing. Ugh. Sweating. They don't bathe. And she said as soon as she opened the door, she knew he was dead. He was, like, face down on the floor. Dead. Uh, hat on, backpack on, legs all akimbo, like just clearly dead but she had to go you know check his vitals anyway just to see and i guess she probably didn't have to but she did and then she had to deal with the police and the ambulance and all that stuff went on all day and it turned out the guy had been dead for like 12 to 14 hours so the stupid bitch had been chilling in the room with a dead body for half a day um before she decided to come downstairs and seek some help well the um, question is whether she knew he was dead the whole time and was just getting up the nerve to go down there or if she was genuinely clueless i think she was clueless and probably having conversations with him because she's hmm. so whacked you know i'm on well, the fence because all the you know these people part of the problem is they don't uh own up to responsibility and she probably felt responsible for the fact that he was dead and maybe she was just like you know eh, i'm just gonna chill out and watch some maury for a little while <laughs> before I have to deal with all this crap. You know, she was probably super paranoid. Right. She, felt, she felt like she might be culpable for this. She just smoked a bunch of meth. Yeah. And she's sitting there like, if I go down there, the man's going to come and take me away. I can't say anything about it, but I got to get him out of my room. She's probably wrestling with it for like hours. Yep. So, you know, uh, one of her coworkers had, had this idea. She's like, well, you know, you've gone through this traumatic experience. Um, you should, you probably get a couple paid days off work and, you know, possibly even delay your exam. I mean, you think anybody with a heart would let you, you know, take a little time off for such a traumatic experience. And she's welcome like, to no, society. I, I can't do that, actually, because... I was about to say, welcome to America. Now, that's Americans. Like, what, that story we read that, uh, about the ambulance worker yeah. who, like, went straight back to work because of their level of dedication and professionalism. Yeah, that's what they do in the U.K., Oh, see, I was going to say, no, nobody has a heart. <laughs> nobody's going to give, nobody's going to cut her any slack. They're going to look, look where you work. Part of the territory. I bet you, I guarantee they're just kind of like, you know what? You've been through a difficult circumstance. We're going to, we're going to let you slide on the test. Well, let's see who's right. Uh, I'm studying to be a mortician and my exam is in embalming. So it's pretty much the opposite of an excuse. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that's my story. Uh, trust me, she's got happened? a million stories, some epic shit story. Did I miss it? Well, I just don't think you were following. Uh, she can't use the fact that she witnessed a dead body and had to deal with a dead body to get out of her exam because her exam is a mortician exam. Oh, oh okay, I missed that part. So yeah, <laughs> <It's like the laughs> <whole point. laughs> I guess that excuse wouldn't work. It'd be weird if your girlfriend or wife uh, worked in the morgue. I thought she was just a social worker. I didn't know she was studying to be a mortician. I thought, well, like, no, she's a social worker now, and she wants to get she's a more trying, lucrative she's going to more job. School. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It would be weird. Yeah, I, I can imagine. You know, I went on a date with a girl that was a mortician, or she was in mortuary school. Mortuary science. Yeah, I, I, you know, and she was <laughs> interesting. She always have interesting stuff to talk about. 
No, she's interesting. She had a lot of great stories. Um, it just kind of was like, I don't know, a little too weird for me. Not to mention she had a kid. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like dating single mothers. You think she had any weird like mortician fetishes? Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Like, do you think she was like... Did she make you wear a toe tag when you had sex? <laughs> just maybe. Actually, I never had sex with her, but... Oh. You think she made me just like play dead? Yeah. Like, just be stiff and motionless? Or she wants to play dead or something? Yeah, I wonder I if... Uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> to, I mean, to be I, honest. <laughs> just like, nope, just missionaries. Good for me. Thanks. But it is kind of creepy, though. Don't you think, even though... Like, even though they probably take multiple showers, she wears perfu- perfumes and lotions, she probably still can't get that stench of death. I bet you it's skin. a very low-stress uh, job. It you know? probably is. You kind of know what's going to happen every day. Get some bodies in, cut them up. Put some kind of, in. but I mean, think about it. Every now and then you get a child. It's got to be a little weird. I don't know if it's weird. I bet you after, a, after you've worked her five years, you're like, oh, a child. This will only take half the time and I can get <laughs> go on break. I bet you it's slightly jarring to get like a little kid. You're like, the oh, first great, a time. toddler. But yeah, I guess like after you've been I think it'd be more like, years, uh, you know, you get in a body and they're like, oh, look at the cock on that one. <laughs> That's, <laughs> don't see that every day. It's like 14 inches long. You probably have a morbid sense of humor, man. Or some, you know, some just for equal time, some lady with just huge knockers, just like, oh my god, one of those like <laughs> double K's. I will be happy to share with you in the future. Love the fucking show. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. I'll talk to you soon. I like this guy. You can call in. You kept it under three minutes, and it was an interesting story. Yep. That doesn't happen too often. He was Trifecta. uh. Spoke clearly. Yeah, he was <laughs> articulate, kept it under three minutes, and it was interesting. It's a trifecta of uh, phone calls. So, yeah, please call back. People, call the Sigron Hotline, 206-606-3846. Um, listening to the show, if you wanted to ask me, what's the best way, the best platform for listening to Sick and Wrong? I'd say iTunes, stupid. Go to iTunes. That's what everyone's doing these days. You big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> no, seriously, go to iTunes. Subscribe, rate, comment. We appreciate it. Helps the show. Boost visibility. Just go to iTunes. Um, also, Facebook page. You have a Sick and Wrong Facebook page. You can follow us. Um, we're really working on developing our Facebook presence. And uh, got this Facebook <laughs> page. <laughs> Sorry. I, I hate Facebook. Face. It's, it's so hard. to. It's just so annoying to deal with. You know, I read an article today that Mark Zuckerberg's like, oh, the teens are still using Facebook. It's like, yeah, right. No, they're not. And my girlfriend told me, she's like, only the olds are using Facebook. But the thing is, they're all using Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. So Yeah, so he has them anyway. That's probably what he so meant. So whatever. Yeah. But we, I do post some uh, original content over at the Sigmund Facebook page. So you can go there, join up, follow us. It's a good time. The teens also, are really like uh, Tumblr. You know, which is owned by Yahoo. <laughs> is Tumblr a Yahoo thing? Yeah, they well they bought it. The teens do like I like Tumblr too. Actually, I've, you know, I've only recently got into Tumblr. I've been working on the Sickerong Tumblr page. <laughs> you really are a cross media social media dynamo. I gotta say. I try to I try to hit all the platforms where I can promote <laughs> promoting the show. That's what I do. Yeah. I'm a social media wizard. Yeah, you are. 
Although uh, I gotta say the porn is pretty, the world of porn has been, uh, like the world of non-video porn has been resurrected in uh, Tumblr. Independent porn. Yeah. Like these indie Tumblr blogs, like where you just go see all these different kinds of porn. And there's like tags that it's, I've, oh, I've I know. Recently, I've, I've been, been on, I've been on Tumblr for a while. Yeah. I've been recently jerking off to Tumblr porn. I'm into it. <laughs> it's a new world for me. I like it. A whole new world, as uh, the Disney princess says. That was about Tumblr porn, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> People, go to uh, the Sigurong store, sigurongpodcast.com slash store. You can buy a t-shirt. Uh, right now, we have our sale going on, our D's uh, big bargain sale. If you buy a t-shirt, Crazy D's Bargain Emporium. <laughs> you buy a t-shirt right now, Quado T. I will not only give you five stickers, make that six stickers. I'm going to throw in a print. A print of Wackerly and myself signed. I will go to you. So go buy a t-shirt right now. Get uh, stickers and a print. Doesn't get much uh, better than that. It doesn't. It's a lot of free shit coming from a Jewish person. It do not. Yeah. So sickerongpodcast.com slash store. Finally here, Sickerong Song of the Week is a tribute. A tribute to uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane. Oh, James man. Best. Rest in peace. It's one of the best characters on uh, the old Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, he was my. Well, I wouldn't say he's my favorite. I like that. His boss dog Hod, Flash, but he I, he was very entertaining. Yeah, and I was a big fan of that show when I was a kid. Oh, we all were. Everybody was. It was such Kick a good ass show. cars, jumping over things. I think for a Charger. long time, uh, I thought you know, like even up to the point where I was like sixteen, seventeen, actually had a license. I thought like that's pretty much what you should be doing with cars if you know what you're doing. Just racing in the backwoods. I remember Just jumping uh, over things. Uh, a friend of mine actually texted me the other day making a joke about this one time. I took, uh, I think I was 16. I took my mom's Chrysler LeBaron. Yeah. Remember those cars? Yeah, of course. Went off-roading. K-car. Went off-roading by the ro- the railroad tracks. Just See cruising around. <laughs> popped all four tires. There you go. And drove home. <laughs> <laughs> ruined, it, ruined the rims. Ruined the tires, ruined the rims. Yeah. And my father comes out. He was so angry. His face was red, almost like a reddish purple. He looked at me and goes, I'm very disappointed in you. Your Just dad was very in the into cars. I remember that. Yeah, he liked cars. He's a big fan of cars. Mm. So was Roscoe P. Coltrane, James Best, the actor best known for his portrayal of bumbling yet enduring Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane from the Dukes of Hazard. He died this past Monday uh, from pneumonia. 88 wow, years that's old. It's an old person thing. You know, He's 88, man. You just can't bounce back. Hey, do you think his whole life, like he probably, I bet you James Best, Roscoe here, had probably been in like, you know, critically acclaimed shows in the 50s or something, in the 60s. He's like, you can tell, you can look at his face and you could tell like for a period of time when he was probably in his 20s, mid 20s. Serious actor. Well, he's probably thought he might be able to make it as a leading man because he kind of has the chiseled features and that like old 50s handsome guy face, right? I, I could see that. He's got that Cagney, uh, um, Jimmy Stewart kind of thing going on. Like, right. I bet you he was like, you know, I'm going to be nice in a Hitchcock on movie. Yeah, I, I'm sure he considered, like, he wanted to be, like, a serious actor. And then, you know, it's you never you can never predict your course in Hollywood. <laughs> Became a character actor. Character Which, that's, actor. What I, that's what I think. I think that's the niche. If you're if you're like not a han- not a super handsome dude, you know you always have there always be like different movies. You're like, oh, we want like a southern kind of bumbling sheriff type, just a goofy sheriff. Yeah, he's gonna chase after uh, after the Duke boys. Remember his yeah. dog? 
Flash. Yeah, Flash. Flash. The Basset Hound. Basset Hound, yeah. So this is great. He uh, Apparently, there was a Dukes of Hazzard soundtrack that came out in 1981. And uh, obviously, you know, the good old boy song by Waylon Jennings is on there. But also, there's a great song. Johnny Cash does a song called General Lee. It's all about the the car, the charger that they drove. Somebody should do a uh, like a fake True Detective season two trailer, but with like Roscoe P. Coltrane and Enos and Flash. <laughs> I can see, but with the music. Oh yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, True Detective. You can't actually hear, you can't have his voice because that would ruin it. But just like yeah, like them, you know, slow mo scenes from the Dukes of Hazard, and then the music in the background. It just make a short like little teaser trailer. Make sure you put Sigur on podcast watermarker with that shit and put that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not actually going to do it because I'm lazy and I don't have those kind of skills. But anyway, James Best does a song on this uh, soundtrack. It's called Flash. It's all about his dog. It's great. So we're going to end the show here with Flash by James Best. Rest in peace. People, we'll be back next week with episode 479. Till then, take it easy. Good night. Now, Flash, you and me'll just hide here in the patrol car behind this billboard sign and ambush the General Lee on the way to the race. Ooh, 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 ooh. There, there, there they go. Move over, move over, Flash, so I can drive. Flash, move it over. Flash, you gotta move over faster than that. No, they're getting away. Flash, just let me drive. Oh, where's that worthless dipstick of a deputy of mine? My old dog, his name is Flash. I don't know why, cause he ain't too fast. He runs two steps, then he runs out of gas. In a one-dog race, he'd come in last. Singing, go, Flash, go. But he just stretch and yawn. Singing, go, Flash, go. But he just lay on the lawn. Scratching fleas. Wrinkling. That old Flash, he ain't too good. Chasing them possums through the he never does a thing he should He just sleeps and eats his food Good, I can't blame him, he's resting go, Flash, go But he just stretch and yawn Singing, go, Flash, go But he just lay on the lawn Oh, he's a cute little rascal Well, he's not exactly little He's 55 pounds of wrinkles Good, I love every woman of them He's got wrinkles on his eyebrows. But he's mean, I tell you, he hates Boss Hall. You think he'd give him a chomp in a minute? Good. So he can't be all bad, can he? Good. But he, he loves the Duke boys. Well, I don't mind him once in a while. I like to chase him. Hot pursuit. He flashes there with me. And he buckles up for safety because he knows he can get scuffed. Good, good, good. My old dog, his name is Flash. I don't know why, cause he ain't too fast. He runs two steps and he runs out of gas. In a one-dog race, he'd come in last. Singing, go, Flash, go. But he just stretch and yawn. Singing, go, Flash, go. But he just lay on the lawn. Singing, go. He's a good dog. Oh.
he's got wrinkles. <laughs> That's sexy though, you know. I just love that dog. I love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. Cold nose, no. Sleeps with me sometimes. Mama don't care. Hogs the covers. What a sweet little critter. See, the other day, I went downtown with Amanda. And uh, we were on the train. And I just walked in and sat in the train and just sat there. And I was like, and she was like, oh my God, you don't smell that? And like, there are like five other people, but way in the back of the train with their shirts over their nose. And I was like, what? Because you can't smell. I can't smell anything. And someone had just barfed, like right literally one seat over from me. And I was like practically standing in it. You're like a superhero. <laughs> but I can't smell. Yeah. I would have said, like, had she not been there, I would have just sat there, like, probably with my headphones on, not even knowing that I was sitting, like, a f- two feet away from puke. She smelled, she it's basically, smelled, like, like barf the equivalent diarrhea. of having super strength or, like, not being able to feel pain. <laughs> not being able to smell? Yeah. I think it's like you get a brain tumor when you can't smell. 